Father, how great you are. You are the author of all goodness, of all love and mercy and kindness. You radiate with brilliant wisdom and sovereignty. Before the foundations of the world, you saw this night. You saw who would be here, and you prepared a banqueting table for everyone in this room. A table that is possible because of the blood of your resurrected son. And we honor you tonight, Lord Jesus. We exalt you above all names, above all authorities, and above all powers. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, who is alive and well within us. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, arise within us. Empower us tonight to receive all the love the Lord has prepared for us, all the healing, the refreshment, the revelation, the transformation, to receive life in its full. Because it is written that it makes the Father happy. And it gives the Father great pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you. We welcome the heavenly hosts that attend your presence. We welcome you to be yourself. We wave the banner of the blood that this atmosphere will be saturated with you and you alone. In the name of Jesus, amen. Be seated. When you really love someone, you are constantly looking for ways to say to that person, come closer. Come closer to me. Jesus is that way. Jesus loves us infinitely, always has, always will. And when he was in his earthly ministry, he left an infinite number of invitations for us to say, come closer to me. Come closer to me. But as the writer of Hebrews says, we have this high priest who understands the way we are. And he understands that closeness does not come natural for us, not even with him not even with the one who loves us unconditionally, always will. That coming close to him simply isn't natural for us. We tend to get in our minds. We tend to get busy. We tend to get distracted. We lean on him. We lean on ourselves. But coming close to him doesn't come natural for us. He came to make us a new creation, to give us a new identity, but he also knew that would be very difficult for us to receive. So he explained our identity in him in many ways. But yet our tendency is to lock onto one or two. And so tonight we're going to look at a different kind of identity in Christ. Most of us, if I ask you, what's your identity in Christ? You'd say, I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a son of the king. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. 
But what about all your other identities? What about all the other pictures and proclamations of who you are, which Jesus, with perfection of intention, put in his word so that we would never get into a rut? It's so easy to get into a rut and say, I'm a daughter of God, I'm a son of God, and think, that's my identity. It's your beginning. It's your first step of your identity. But Jesus wanted to leave for us truths that would forever expand us so that we would continually get ever-growing revelation of how to come close to him. And as we all know, Jesus taught a little bit to the mind. A little bit. If you look at the Gospels, there's a certain percentage of his teachings that are to the mind. They have a theological base. He's locking into the Old Testament. He's laying out guidelines. He's laying out commandments. He's laying out principles of the kingdom. But there is a high percentage of his teaching that was not for the mind. It was to the heart. And he used symbolism and metaphors, allegory, parables. And he used pictures that were in people's everyday life. And sometimes he explained them and sometimes he did not. But it was like a secret gift that could be as big as you would make it. The whole crowd would hear his parable about something they used in their daily life. And then the next day they would see that. Some may have forgotten but some may have kept an open heart. And every time they saw that fig tree, or every time they saw that mustard seed, or every time they saw the salt, they were so wide open, the Holy Spirit could keep enlarging and enlarging their understanding of why did Jesus use that word? Well, tonight I want to invite you on somewhat of a personal journey of one of these words about identity. Let me explain. Several years ago when I was in Kenya, I was in this particular church that we have partnered with for a long time, and their dream was to build a church, and the average income of the people in the church was $12 a week. But we had a dream to build it debt-free. Well, in that service, the Lord came with a prophetic word and went to Zechariah 4, where it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, that's what an angel told him. Because he had been in a difficult position. He had been trying to build a temple for the Lord. He got stuck. The people weren't motivated. They were stuck. And so the angel comes with a message from God and says, now, it's not going to be by your might, not by your power. It's going to be by the spirit. And then he said one other thing to him. He said, see the temple complete. In your spirit, see the last stone going in the temple. And when you see it, just cry, grace, grace, grace. He did. They all did. And by grace, the temple was built. 
after I returned from my last trip to Kenya and we're looking at this building that Grace has built, I went back to this passage and and I often pray, Grace, Grace, Grace over different situations. But this time the Lord led me to the chapter before where the Spirit of the Lord makes this statement. I will send my branch. And in that day, all the iniquity, all the sin of the land will disappear in a day. And suddenly, in my heart, what I heard was, I was a branch, and you are a branch. Did you hear the picture? And what I saw, because I was kind of in my prayer closet, and I'm a visual person, was I saw myself as a branch. Now, it was not a pretty picture, by the way. What I saw, have you ever really looked at a branch? They're all sprawled out like this. They're all like this. They're sprawled out and no visible means of support. So it's like you're on this trunk of a tree, if you can picture it, and my feet are glued to the trunk of the tree, and God's asking me to lay out perpendicular with no means of support. Do you see the picture? Then I hear all the verses from John, John chapter 5, chapter 8, chapter 10, chapter 12, where over and over Jesus is saying, I can do nothing on my own. I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. My life is my own, and I lay it down. Repeat after me. I am a branch. John 15, you know this passage well. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is the one that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So look, think, visualize a branch. You know, one of the things that hit me about this identity, because he named us a branch. And there's nowhere in scripture that says we should take son, daughter, vessel, more seriously than we should our name as a branch. They're all our identities in Christ. They're all to give us a revelation of picture. If I'm a daughter of the king, and indeed I am, I'm a daughter, but there's my father. If I'm a branch, there's no distance. As a branch... I am so locked into oneness with him that you cannot see where that tree trunk stops and the branch begins. There is no distance between a tree and a branch. Now think about these pictures because remember, Jesus is perfect wisdom. So when he is saying, You are a branch. He knows scripture. So he knows all the scriptures about a branch. He knows in Exodus 
23 and following, trees were cut down, and it was branches that made the Ark of the Covenant that carried the glory of God. He knows it was branches that were hewn together to make the altar of incense, which symbolized lifting up our difficulties and our pains and our struggles in life and worship, and that it was branches that were hewn to make the brazen altar where the lambs were killed. When the spies came back from the promised land and they wanted to give a good report that God keeps his word, Scripture says they had a large branch loaded with fruit to prove to Israel God keeps his promises. And in 2 Samuel 5, when David is wondering, Lord, do we fight this battle? Should we, what should we do? The Lord says, when you hear the wind in the branches, that's my voice. Go forward. Branches say, I am a branch. You're a branch. As surely as the Ark of the Covenant was a branch carrying the glory, you're a branch. As surely as the wind through the branches was the voice of God, you're a branch. Chosen. He's trying to enlarge our minds and hearts because he's saying, come closer. You're thinking in ruts. Get out of your rut. Let me show you a different picture. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, it is written, they cut branches and they laid it before him. And the branches were laid out before the Messiah. Jesus said, the fig tree, it's a prophetic sign. Watch its branches, watch its leaves, and it will tell you when seasons change and when I'm coming back. Watch the branches. So I will freely confess I have spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks looking at branches, just sitting and praying and looking at branches, just watching and thinking, I am a branch. And in our yard, watch birds run to branches to find protection from a hawk looming above. Thinking, Lord, I'd, I'd like to be a branch that people could run to and find protection. Or remembering in the spring, birds nest up in branches and, and the branches supporting the little nest and the little tender ones as they're waiting to learn to fly. I thought, Lord, you want us to support the babies so they can fly. Say, I am a branch. And repeat this, there is no distance between me and him. See, there's no distance between a branch and a tree. And though the trunk 
holds that tree steady. It is the branches that feed the tree. In God's miraculous way of photosynthesis, the branches and the leaves, they take in the sun, they take in the water, they take in the very atmosphere. Hear this if you like symbolism. The branches change the atmosphere. Wherever there's a branch, the atmosphere changes. They take in the CO2 and release oxygen, which keeps everything around them alive. We are to keep everything and everyone around us alive. Now, just because I have a quirky sense of humor, I will also tell you in photosynthesis, the other things the branches do after they get rid of the O2, they feed the tree and it's a type of sugar. Did you know trees eat a type of sugar? So branches like sugar. Just thought I'd tell you. And so that's why Linda Six always has chocolate chip cookies back there. But no. Branches. But then, would you help me, please? And then I thought of this. Uh oh. This picture of a lamb with a crown of thorns. I thought, oh, that thorn bush in Israel, it's a branch of thorns. And so the crown around his head was a branch of thorns. I thought, oh, God, don't let me be a branch of thorns. Make sure I don't have hard places in my heart. I don't want to be a thorny heart. God, I know that when we think of the beautiful lamb on the cross, we think of cross that's finely hewn and clear-cut beams. But most historians say that wasn't true, that they were so busy crucifying people everywhere, and they had miles of crucifixions outside the city of Rome. They didn't take time to finely hewn trees. That most of the time it was a trunk of a tree was the vertical beam and the strongest branch or limb was the cross beam. And so there's a good chance that when the Savior's hands were nailed, it was nailed into a branch. I am a branch. And there is no distance between the branch and the tree. The powerful thing about being a branch is that it's an honor. The branch doesn't deserve to be a part of the tree. The branch didn't do anything to be a part of the tree. It's grace, grace, grace. In fact, scripture in Romans 11 says all of us were a bunch of wild shoots. And the picture is we were just this wild shoot up like this. No leaves, no strength, no direction, no fruit. We just waved with every breeze. And God took that wild shoot and said, can I graft it into my son? And when he grafted us, we became that branch. And now... As in the natural, the exact 
identical sap. Force of life that's in the trunk is in every branch. And the exact same identical force of life, the Spirit of God, the sap of God that was in Jesus when he was here is in you. No branch can be an apple tree if it's growing out of an oak tree. A branch does not have its own identity. Now forgive me because I know this is really not politically correct even in the church. He loves and adores you as his individual. Infinitely without boundaries. Watches every thought, every emotion. He loves you infinitely as an individual more than we can ever comprehend. But it's not all about you. And it's not all about what's my calling. You're a branch. It's very simple. You're a branch. You're a branch. And you're locked onto the tree of Christ. And the same life flow that's in him comes into you. And it's true, no two branches look alike. But every branch has the same purpose. Extend the outreach of the trunk. Extend the outreach of the tree. And that's the purpose of every branch. Renee. And so maybe if we look at the cross, it's this image. It's a tree of life. And as he's hanging there, he's making the way of the tree of life to say, I am here. And I will graft you in so close to me that there's no distance at all. And even if you feel there's distance, no, it's an illusion. It's not truth. You're a branch. And there's no distance between a branch and the tree. It's an illusion. Now, you know, sometimes a branch at the base where it connects to the tree, it can be fat, it can be thick, and it can be strong. But you get out on the end of the branch, and it's a little wispy. And so when the wind blows, the end of the branch is just flip-flapping all around in the breeze. Do you know what I mean? Can you visualize? We are a branch. And sometimes... When circumstances hit us, we're like the very tip end of the branch, and we're just flying all over the place, and our mind is here, and our emotions are here, and even our prayers are, ah, you know what I mean? But you're a branch, darling. You are a branch. So you quiet yourself. You say, I'm a branch. I will move from that fat thick place in me that is attached to Christ, that is quiet, that is firm, that is sure. 
the wispy part of the branch that flies all around and it does for all of us at times when life hits us. That's our fallen nature. Because our fallen nature reacts to what we see. Our God-given identity as a branch is like, I am locked into this trunk and he has me. And anything happening out there on the tip of that branch is an illusion. He has me. And he's not letting me go. And the same power of life, the same sap in him is in me. In the same realm of life, as Paul says, it is truth. It is not a dream. You can have the mind of Christ, the emotions of Christ. You can have the divine health of Christ. You can have so much sap flowing through you that you ooze out, and before you know it, a branch grows off of you, and another branch grows off, and you've got a tree that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and no one branch is more important than the other. One of the first things that Jesus was recorded of saying when he came to this earth is when he was in Nazareth and he got up to read the scroll. And he said this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now remember, this is the tree talking. As the tree is, so are the branches. So you're hearing your own description of who you are in the power of Christ as well. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. He has called me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. They, they, now it's talking about all believers, they shall be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Chad, as I'm talking, would you pass out communion, please? A branch knows one thing. Their life depends on being connected to this tree. Your life depends on it, and so does mine. It doesn't matter where you are tonight. Your life depends on that connection. It's your life flow for physical health, mental health, emotional health. 
It's your life flow for dealing with your past, your present, your future. It's your life flow for what do I do financially? How do I handle children? How do I handle grandchildren? It is your life flow. And when Jesus said, you are a branch, this is one of my identity words for you. Jesus is saying, I name you branch. He was saying, and a lot of the other things that you think about, son of God, daughter of God, ambassador, unconsciously you see a little bit of distance between me and you, but I call you a branch. And there's no distance between a tree and a branch because a branch abides. It's like it's super glued in. And whatever you need, it's available in every moment. And not just what you need personally, but whatever the people in your life or the people I bring to you need. There's more than enough sap, more than enough life flow for that. You're a branch. When he says we are a tree of righteousness, It is a picture of John 17, of his prayer of oneness. He knows every branch. He knows you. He knows your hair, how many hairs you have. He knows your color. He knows your taste. He knows everything about you. He knows you as a branch intricately, more so than you know yourself. But he's saying, I'm looking for a tree. I want a tree where the branches like each other. I I want a tree where no branch feels more important than another branch. I want a tree where all the branches honor the other branches, not like, well, what we believe is a branch is what's going to bring revival. No, God's moving in every denomination and in every church. It's just sometimes we need the eyes to see it, but he is. And to him, he wants a tree, an oak of righteousness a body of Christ. And so on that night when he was with his disciples and he said, this is my body. And it's going to be broken for you on the cross, on that tree of life, because what I'm believing is as I take on the brokenness in the body of Christ and the brokenness even in your physical body that needs healing, what comes out of it as a resurrected Christ is a body of Christ that is one tree of righteousness. And what comes out of it is a body for you as a branch where your mind and your emotions and your body and your heart and every realm of your life are healed. This is the body of Christ. Would you eat and honor him, please? And then he took the blood it is written in Leviticus 17:11 that the life of the creature is in the blood and the blood makes atonement for the entire being of that creature and when he died on those branches on Calvary's tree the blood poured out to give us life and to seal us into that tree it is what glues you to him 
That's why we plead the blood, because it is that which sticks us to the trunk. When we were wild olive shoots and he grafted us in, it was by the power of the blood we were grafted in, so that then the power of the Holy Spirit can flow through us. This is the almighty blood of the Lamb. Would you pretty please honor him? Say, I am the branch. I am the branch. And because you are so linked in to him, it really is true. All things are possible. There's nothing you can't do. There's no situation you can't handle. Even though way out on the end of the branch, and we've all been there, we flap around in the breeze and we say, man, I can't do this anymore. What am I going to do? And Why this and why that? That's okay. That's normal. But remember who you are. You're the branch. And the truth is, quiet down inside and see yourself. Go sit under a tree and look at a branch and go, you have me locked into you. You hold me. You hold this situation. You hold my life flowing. And if someone comes up to you and says, will you pray for me? Take a moment. Be quiet. Don't pray from out here at the flippy, wispy end of the branch. Take a moment. Simmer down. There is no distance between me and Christ. I am the branch. And he'll show you what to pray. And his signs and wonders will come because he's just good. Dear ones, as we will sing in a moment, he's jealous for you. He loves you. He loves you. And when things of life are batting you around, he's going, center down, my glory will cover that. You are my child. You are my treasure. And he was so intentional that he wanted you to know, come closer, come closer, that the Gospels are resplendent with identity words, where he was constantly trying to give us this angle and this angle and this angle because he knew he was too great and wonderful for us to understand. And we would need fresh pictures. And I imagine because you're here and you're hungry for Jesus, that he's going to do with you what he did with the people when Jesus walked the earth. Jesus would tell them a parable, talk about salt, talk about light, talk about this, talk about that in their daily life, and the Spirit would reveal it to them individually. You're going to find yourself in the next couple of days noticing trees more. And you're going, I'm a branch. Revelations 22 says, And an angel took me, and I saw the river of life, and it flowed out from the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb, and the river of life went through the city, and on both sides of the river were trees, trees of life that had fruit on them, and in their leaves were the healing for the nations. 
We are those trees now, dear ones. We are. You have healing in you because you're a branch and you're just like the tree. You're just like the tree. So I invite you now. There's the seed. It's in your heart. Now as we worship, let him personalize it to you. He will show you things that no one else in the room will see. He will speak to you, encourage you. And feel free to invite him. Go, Lord, I am amazed that you would call me a branch. What an honor. And he'll stir encouragement and life in you as you worship. But to go back to where we began, if you're out on the end of the branch and you feel like, I'm out on the end of the branch a lot, Susan, and it's hard for me to get back to the trunk and be calm, it's okay. Sometimes just say, grace, 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 and he responds. Grace, 